1: Word of God, it won't lead you astray. Pray every time you study it and seek the Lord and ask His Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you in all truth. He will do it. But understand this also. Another little proof that I love, I love you can never get to the end of God's Word. When you study it out, you will never get to the end of it. I am amazed by His Word constantly. You can dive in, you'll never get to the bottom. Not in this lifetime. Every time I think, well, that passage I know about Something else happens and I realize I don't know how, uh, how deep that passage is. But one of the reasons I know this is the exact place where God told Abraham to offer Isaac and where our Lord was offered is because of the name of the place, Golgotha. Place of the Skull. Place of the Skull. Now, there is a whole teaching I promise I'll do someday. Because there's more prophetic language in this, in Golgotha, and I understand, and I believe, okay, and I believe the scripture's clear on this, this is where the skull of Goliath is buried. This is why it's called the place of the skull. And this is also fulfilling Genesis 3.15, the seed of the serpent, the seed of the woman. We know it's the virgin birth. We know Messiah is prophesied in Genesis 3.15. There's something powerful and amazing in that. I challenge you, study it out for yourself. We know David took the skull there. We know a lot of things. There are so many things when you study this out. It's powerful and prophetic. But there's something else I want you to know. Golgotha, this place of the skull. The Hebrew word for skull is Golgoth or Gogoloth. This is the Hebrew word. And this is the name of the place, the place of the skull. And you know, remember, I I, I know some of you are here. I've been talking about this before. I've talked about how, how ancient Hebrew... Is such an amazing language. Ancient Hebrew is, Paleo Hebrew or Ancient Hebrew is a pictographic language, ideographic in nature, meaning every letter, every letter of the Hebrew alphabet, alphabet, bet, gimel, ha, they all have a picture meaning. Now they have a pronunciation, they have a letter sound, but they all have a picture. Now bear with me, stay with me. Some of you will dig this, some of you will be like, okay, move on, buddy. (laughs) It's okay. But every letter of the Hebrew alphabet has a picture meaning. And it's really profound. And normally when I explain this, I tell you guys, I use the example of El, the name of God, and I I talk about how it's an Aleph and a Lamed. But today, to show you how this works, I'm going to actually use the word for Satan, Satan. Satan. Because I want you to understand how powerful this is, this ideographic language, and what the picture meaning of these letters, what it forms, how it forms. The word satan is a shin, a tet, and a nun. Those are the three letters that make up the word Satan. Now, we know it means adversary or to accuse. We know he's the accuser of the brethren. We know all that. But I want you to understand so we can, and I promise I'm getting to a point here. But the name Satan has three letters, and each one of those letters has a picture meaning. And then when you combine those picture meanings in the Hebrew language, it makes a bigger picture meaning. With me so far? Okay, I'm hoping I don't lose people here. Um, I should have had graphics, I know, I'm sorry. But, so the, the letter shin, the first letter of that word means to destroy or to consume. It's a picture of sharp teeth, devouring teeth. And it means, again, to destroy or consume. The letter tet, it's a snake or a serpent. And it means to surround. That's the picture here. Now this is really strange. And the letter nun is a literal picture of seed. Not plant seed, human seed. Okay? And we know what that is. I don't have to go into detail, right? And here's what's remarkable the picture is of that seed. Thousands of years before microscopes, the picture of that, the picture meaning, the picture of the, the noon is a little head with a squiggly tail. The seed. And it means what you think it means. It means life or sun or heir. As an heir to the throne, as an heir, your heir, your family. Now, when you look at the picture meaning, combining those things, the picture meaning of Satan, the Satan, Satan himself, is the serpent that destroys life. The snake, or the snake that destroys the seed. It is so profound. The Hebrew language is so profound. Now, getting back to what we're looking at today, the word for uh, skull. Gol, goleth. It's hard for me to say. But here is how it's spelled. It's spelled Gimel Lamed, Gimel Lamed Tav. And you're like, okay, what does that mean? Okay, did you notice it repeated? Gimel Lamed, Gimel Lamed Tav. So there's a repeat. Gimel Lamed, Gimel Lamed Tav. So the Gimel is is similar to the letter G in English. But here's what it is. It's a picture of a camel, and it means to raise up. To raise up. To raise someone up or it also means to carry a burden. Now, the Lamed, it's like our English letter L, it's a shepherd's crook, a shepherd's staff. And it means, what you think it means, it means a shepherd. So understand the first part of this word, the first part of uh, Golgoloth is, we see it twice, is we see a picture of raising up a shepherd or a shepherd carrying a burden. Oh man, Some coincidence. Um, But there are two occurrences. There are two occurrences. The first one, we just see the shepherd carrying a burden. We see a shepherd raised up. But there's nothing that ends it because it goes into another shepherd that is carrying a burden or shepherd raised up. But it ends, the word ends with the letter tav. And it's so amazing because the letter tav, it means in ancient Hebrew, it means a sign or a monument. And it's the perfect shape of a cross. It's a perfect shape of a cross. So look at this, how exact God's word is. Because we know Abraham did carry the burden, but his son was the shepherd as well. His son son carried the burden. He was raised up the first time. We see this beautiful picture of a shepherd carrying a burden going up that hill of Golgotha. We see this beautiful picture, but it doesn't conclude there because it repeats. And the second time we see the shepherd... Carrying a burden or being raised up, the word ends with the cross, a tav, the word for skull in Hebrew, gogoleth. It's pretty amazing. And again, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. So some of you, don't worry, it's just a coincidence. You know, these things, I have found so many coincidences in scripture that I've realized God's word is deeper than I'll ever swim. It's further than I can ever travel. Do you see how beautiful that was? How beautiful that picture is? But back in Mark, we see Jesus. He's on this hill called Golgotha, the place of the skull. They now crucify him. The shepherd has made his journey to the top. The shepherd has carried his burden to the top. Mark 15:23. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. So we know that they pierced his hands and his feet. We know they hung him on this cross. And they offer him myrrh to drink this, this solution, this sour wine or gall that has myrrh in it. It's to numb the pain. But the Lord refuses it. And we know that from Matthew 27:34. Jesus refused it because he was going to take all the pain and all the shame of the cross. He was not going to find a way out, an easy way out to numb the pain. The Lord rejected it. But then we also read that they divide his garments and cast lots for them. And this is from another powerful, amazing prophetic passage of Scripture found in the Old Testament in Psalm 22. Psalm 22:18. this was prophesied. It says, they divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots... Some say, well, Jesus organized all these prophecies to make them happen. Oh, really? How did he make Roman soldiers do the exact same thing that is prophesied in Psalm 22? Roman soldiers didn't know what Psalm 22, they didn't care about the scripture of the Hebrews. God's word is exact. And we know that that sign, remember, they put a sign around Jesus' neck. This is what they always did with the criminals. It would state their name and their offense. And we know then it was hung above his head, verse 25 and 26 in in Mark 15. Now it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And the inscription of his accusation was written above the king of the Jews. Now, I just went into this not too long ago, so I'm not going to belabor it too much. But we know in Matthew, in Matthew's gospel, we get the full rendering of what was put above his head. It was Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews, the king of the Jews. It was his name and his accusation of his crime. And I told you, if you were here for that, in Hebrew, it sh- it, you know, and I, again, for those of you who already know this, just bear with us so the people who don't know can hear this and learn from this, but it's Yeshua HaNatsri, Yumelech HaKyuhidim, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And this is what's so profound, once again, because it was written in three languages so everyone can understand it, but we know those Hebrew, those religious leaders, they would have looked at that and panicked. Because the first letter of every word, Yeshua, Hanatsri, Yumelech, HaKyuhidim, is the letter Yud, He, Vav, He. They would have been more pronounced, and from a distance, what they would have saw was Yud, He, Vav, He. The, the sacred name of God, the Tetragrammaton, the name the Jews won't even pronounce, was above Jesus' head on the cross of Golgotha. And I explained to you in that same... You know, pictographic, ideographic language, yud hey vav he, even it tells the story of Jesus. The yud is a picture of a hand, God's hand, by his work. The he is a man revealed with his hands up. We know Emmanuel came and walked among us. The vav is a nail, <laughs> means to nail or fasten or secure. And we know he was pinned to that cross, he was nailed to that tree for you and me, and he was placed in a tomb, and the, the word Of the Tetragrammaton, this Yahweh, Yahavah, the last letter, is Hey again, a man revealed, and we know he was resurrected and revealed as the Savior of all mankind. Again, such an amazing coincidence. I just love these things.
0: This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, Please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.
1: Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in, grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, GolgothaFellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A-Fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.